thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. You may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. the top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We're so glad you've joined us today for Jesus the Healer. I tell you, God has been directing us to teach on the mind, and I am so thrilled for us to be able to bring this message because every one of us need greater discipline in the thought life and have our minds renewed. And so we're so grateful to share this word with you. Listen, um, Jesus' mind was tormented so that ours could be free. Not tormented in his earthly ministry, but when he was on the cross, he took our torment. And not only did he take our sin and our sickness, but he took torment of the mind so that we could be free. And I tell you, that's part of our inheritance in Christ. I want to encourage you today that as we're ministering, uh, the word tells us that um, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So expect that while this word is going forth today, you receive what that word was sent to do. It's sent to heal. It's sent to deliver. And the thing is, is that I I love the wording. He said he has sent his word to heal and to deliver us from our destructions, to deliver them from their destructions. The things that are particular to try to destroy your life. It might be different than what somebody else is facing, but whatever tries to oppose you, the word is the rescue. The word is the deliverance. And not only that, the word is the victory in the face of that. And so we, we encourage you that as you are hearing the word, expect things to happen for your body. Expect things to move in your life and expect that word to do its work. And what I'm saying is bring your faith, release your faith. Don't just sit and listen to me, but hook your faith up to the word. Not just to what I say, but to what the word says. Amen. Because it will do a wonder work in your life. And so part of our inheritance in Christ is a sound mind. And I want to read to you out of 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. This has kind of been our golden text while we've been teaching in these episodes. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, and I'm going to read out of the King James translation. It says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, That means since it didn't come from God, have no participation with it. Amen. 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 And fear is a spirit. And the good thing is it's a spirit we have total and absolute authority over. And so God's not given us the spirit of fear, but now we see what God has given us in the rest of the passage. He's given us power Mm -hmm. or authority. We could say it that way. He has given us 
this, this flow of love, his love. Mm -hmm. And not only that, look at this. He's given us a sound mind. <laughs> Why has the devil made the ma your mind the battleground? It's because if people think wrong, then he can gain entrance. When you think right, when, you're, when your mind is sound, you think right. When you think right, you believe right. When you believe right, you speak right. When you speak right, you receive right. And so a sound mind is this glorious inheritance that we have. And I tell you what, you have to, uh, you have to refuse to have your sound mind stolen because listen, the devil is busy trying to steal from you everything God's blessed you with. Just know that God has blessed us with so much and the devil makes it his target and his goal to steal from us everything that God's blessed us with. We hold fast to a sound mind. Amen. Amen. We don't, we don't let it get drawn away from us because that sound mind belongs to us. When you think right, the door is closed to the devil. He cannot enter where people think right. So his entire strategy is to try to insert wrong thinking because he can only work through wrong thinking. He's got to get, he offers us wrong thinking because he's trying to get us to accept those wrong thoughts. But I tell you, just because he offers it doesn't mean you have to accept it. Right. Amen. You Amen. cannot stop what he offers, but you can certainly determine what you take Amen. and what you open the door to and what you accept. And so uh, we only accept the thoughts that belong to a sound mind. There are thoughts that do not belong to a sound mind. Worry thoughts, thoughts of fear, thoughts of unforgiveness, thoughts of ill will towards someone, thoughts of complaint. All these things are not part of a sound mind. And uh, so we have to guard our thought life to only accept the thoughts that belong to the sound mind because then God can work. And not only that, when we think right, we agree with the faith that's in our spirit. Uh, a mind that's unsound argues against the faith that's in your own heart, in your own spirit. And so when you think right, your, the faith that's in your spirit can flow unhindered. When you think wrong, the mind will argue and contest the faith that's in your heart. You might have some things in your heart that uh, you're wanting to release faith in, and the mind, the unrenewed mind or the unsound mind steps up and says, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. We're not doing that. And so the unsound mind will argue with the faith that's in your spirit, but a sound mind agrees with the faith that's in your spirit. And therefore, then your faith can flow unhindered. And so it tells us that God has given us a sound mind, and I so appreciate what the Amplified Classic uh, translation says when it describes the sound mind. It says a mind that's calm, it's well-balanced, it's disciplined and it's controlled. And so we know this, that a sound mind is a mind that, that we put restraint on. Why? It's disciplined. It's controlled. It's under our control. That means we don't just let our mind go and do anything it wants. We put boundaries on it. What are those boundaries? The word, the thoughts of the word are our safeguard to keep us in the flow of a sound mind. Listen, 
If it were not for the word, we would not even know what right thoughts are. Right? Right. I mean, thank God for the word. So many people in the world, they do not even know what a sound thought is. So they accept all kinds of thoughts that trouble their lives, trouble their homes, trouble their marriages, trouble their business, trouble their families. But thank God for the word. I tell you, God has made, he, he has made his thoughts known to us in his word. So we would do well to take them. Amen. Amen. Now I'll say this, uh, because a sound mind belongs to us, we have to be interested in what that sound mind offers us enough to cooperate. Amen. You know, uh, we have to give an all out effort to walk in the soundness of mind. Well, what, what is an all out effort to walk in the sound mind do? Well, second Corinthians chapter 10, verse five says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself. Look at this against the knowledge of God. Anything that's in opposition to the knowledge of God, you cast it down. You don't pet it. You don't take it to bed and keep it warm and lay your head on the pillow of it. You cast it down, meaning I'm done with that. You know, when you cast something down, uh, it gives you the idea that it's an aggressive action. It's not a passive approach, but we cast that thing down, meaning we throw it down in such a way it can't get back up. Right? Right. And so that's what he says. Any thought that comes against and uh, challenges the knowledge of God, you cast it down. And then it goes on to say, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So to enjoy the sound mind that belongs to us, we have to guard our thought lives. We have to not be accepting of something just because it keeps being repeated. That's, that's one of the strategies of the enemy is repetition. Why? Because he imitates God. And God knows that faith comes in through repetition, repetition of hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So God lets us know that full faith doesn't come with one hearing. Repetition is involved in faith. So the devil is an imitator in the negative direction how God works. And so he brings, uh, he brings wrong thoughts or troubling thoughts to us repeatedly. Why? Because he knows that repetition many times is what people will start yielding to. And so I don't care how many times you hear a wrong and troubling thought. Don't accept it. I don't care if it comes for uh, uh, 24 hours straight, for a week straight, for months straight. If it's not in line with the word, you kick it out. You resist it. You refuse to give it entrance. So we have to be interested enough in uh, enjoying the sound mind that Jesus made ours to do our part. Listen, Jesus did his part by providing a sound mind and making it part of our inheritance package. Now we have a role toward that and that is we protect that sound mind. You know, the word is food for your spirit, but it's also food for your mind. Your mind needs the word, just like your spirit needs the word to develop and mature. Your mind needs to be able to feed on the word. And so we have to be interested enough to have a sound mind, to walk in the sound mind that he's made ours to do our part. Amen. Amen. You know, people will give the idea, well, if God's given me a sound mind, uh, why don't I have it? Why is my mind troubled? Because we have to cooperate 
with what God made ours. It doesn't just fall on us automatically. We have to do our part, and that's why he gave us the word, to help us do our part. You know, you don't even have to come up with what right thoughts are. You don't have to author them yourself. The word authors what right thoughts are. Amen. So we give ourselves an all out effort toward the word. Amen. Amen. A a sound mind. um, It will, when we have a sound mind, it will lead us in soundness in every other arena. Our finances will be sound. Our health will be sound. Our families will be sound. Our marriage will be sound. And when we're facing any kind of opposition against the mind, we have to make certain that we're making time for that word to gain entrance into our hearts and into our thought lives. And um, if I could put it this way, the word helps you weed out wrong thoughts that you took in. You know, my dad was a cotton and wheat farmer in southwest Oklahoma. My mother was a great help to my dad in, in farming and things because she was very supportive. But she loved it. In a measure, she would go out and she would work in the fields. And what she would do, she thought, and she loved it because my mother loved extreme heat. Anybody else here love extreme heat? She loved extreme heat. The hotter it was, the better. There's somebody here in the audience like that. I know that. And she loved the extreme heat. So she thought because she loved it, all of her kids loved it. And all of her kids didn't love it. And this is one of them that didn't love it. And there were four kids of us in the family. And so in the summertime, when daddy had his cotton crop growing, she would take us out to chop cotton. Now, that's, that's not the same as picking cotton. With picking cotton, you would pick the cotton out of the bowls. We didn't have to do that because they already had equipment by the time we were that age that did that. But we did have to chop cotton. And what chopping cotton is, is you would walk up and down the rows and you would chop the weeds out from between the cotton plants because the weeds would draw all the water away from the cotton. The weeds would draw the nutrients out of the soil and it would rob it from the cotton. You're not, the, the, the farmer was not out there trying to help those weeds thrive. They were wanting the cotton to thrive, but the weeds were there to draw the nutrition, the, the moisture away from the cotton. And so we would go out and you'd start before, you know, you had to get up before dark, you know, while it was dark, before the sun came up and nothing a kid loves more in the summertime <laughs> than getting up while it's dark and going out and getting ready because at first light you start chopping because the heat would come up, you know, so hot during the middle of the day that you couldn't easily chop throughout the the heat of the day. So we would start and mother would give each of us a a row to go down and you could always tell what kid was on what row by how well the the row was done, you know. And so uh, we would go and we would chop those weeds out from between those cotton plants. That's exactly what the word does for you. It helps you find the weeds in your thought life. You've got to find those weeds and the word helps you identify because if you're not, you don't want to chop up the cotton. (laughs) the right thinking. See, the devil wants you to misunderstand which is a right thought and which is a wrong thought so that you go with the wrong thought and you uproot the right thought. But the word helps us to know, leave the right thought planted, but uproot the wrong one. And so it's the word that helps you identify which thought needs to be chopped out. 
And I tell you, when we went to remove a weed, we didn't just, we weren't kind to it. <laughs> you know, we took, we took a, a hoe and you chopped at that thing. I mean, you cut that thing, but it wasn't enough to cut it off at the top. You had to dig and get the root of that thing out. Why? Because if you just took it off the surface, that root would still grow again and it would be there in the next couple of days. That root would be springing up again. And so that's what the word does for us. It doesn't just, it doesn't just help us cope with wrong thoughts. It removes wrong thoughts. One of the things we're not called to do is cope. We're not called to cope with fear, cope with worry, try to suppress it and keep it down. No, we uproot it. We get it out. And that's what the word does. Thank God for the word. But Mother, mother would take us out there and we would chop cotton. Of course, we're begging to stop as soon as we can. But she knew that the job wouldn't get done if we didn't give time to it. Just when you were ready to leave was not, did not mean the job was done. And she kept us there until the job is done. I want you to know, don't just give time to the word when it's convenient. But give as much time to the word as needed to get the job done. Amen. And uh, I tell you what, chopping cotton, the the four kids, we didn't like it, but it was a joy to my mother. (laughs) Why? Because that was a setting she preferred. Listen, we prefer the setting of the word. And it is a joy to feed on the word and take in the word and help deal with the things that need to be weeded out of our thought life. Amen. Amen. And I've learned this about God is that everything we're okay with, he'll let us have. You know, you could drive up and down the, the, uh, the country roads there uh, around all the farms in, in Jackson County down there in, o- in Altus, Oklahoma. And uh, my daddy was so particular. My daddy was very watchful over his crop because he knew how he watched over his crop determined the future of his family. That if he didn't, if he wasn't watchful over that crop, not only could weeds uh, destroy it, but you could have all kinds of pestilence, all kinds of other natural elements that would come in that was an enemy to that plant. And daddy was so watchful when the wind would start blowing, when most of us are hiding in the house, because listen, in Southwest Oklahoma, it's flat plains out there. The wind blows. <laughs> but when the wind started blowing, that was daddy's cue to get up and go check his crop because he could not let his topsoil be blown off. And so when natural elements tried to heighten, that was daddy's cue, pay particular attention. And so he would do that. Why? Because he knew that if he didn't take care of his crop, his family would suffer for it. That it wouldn't just cost him that day that the elements showed up. It would cost him for sometimes years to recover that if he wasn't watchful over his crop. I want you to know the soil of your heart needs your tending planting that word in it. Be watchful over what you let in your heart. Well, what are you going to let in your heart? Well, your mind is the gateway to your spirit. So what you let in your thought life is going to affect what's in your heart. And so know this, that you have to be very, very watchful over your mind. And you, listen, 
God did something with our spirits when we were born again. At the new birth, you know what he did? He gave us a new one. We're new creatures in Christ. And that happened in an instant, in a moment. But now we're, we're a threefold being. We are a spirit. We have a soul, which is made up of the mind, the will, and the emotions. But we live in a body. So God did something with our spirit. And then because we have a new spirit, now he says, now out of that new spirit, do something with your mind and your body. So we're the ones that have the responsibility, but not just the responsibility, the privilege of doing something with our minds and our bodies. And we have a brand new spirit with the life of God, the nature of God on the inside of us to, to uh, take the lead in dealing with our minds and dealing with our spirits, um, our, our bodies rather. And so my dad, he would get up and he would tend to his crop. Not only did he have to get the weeds out, he had, he had to make sure there was enough moisture in the ground. He had to make sure that any pestilence didn't get hold of the plant. You could drive up and down those country roads and you could see the future of the farmer by looking at their field. Sometimes you would go and you couldn't even see the cotton in some people's fields because the weeds had so overgrown. They left the weeds unattended. And those weeds grew up and choked out the growth of those cotton plants. And so that would affect how good that farmer was going to live. My dad was aware of that that he was not negligent. He was so watchful over his crops. And I want you to know the word tells us be vigilant, be watchful. Why? Because we have an adversary. I'm not trying to magnify him. I'm just telling you that there is a watchfulness because what you have is worth stealing. A sound mind is worth stealing. The devil wants it. Why? Because he doesn't have it. (laughs) And he doesn't want you to have what he doesn't have. And so everything God has given you is worth having. Therefore, when it's worth having, you watch out for it. You protect it. You take care of it. Do not turn your mind over to a thought that troubles you. Don't turn your mind over to worry. Don't turn your mind over to doubt. Don't turn your mind over to fear. Don't turn your mind over to thoughts of panic because when it hands it back to you, it won't be sound. You have to keep your mind under the care of the word, the oversight of the word. And that's your responsibility because God helped us By giving us this word, he puts it in our hands so that we can feed this word into our minds and into our spirits. Uh, He's given us the means whereby our our garden can be tended to with mastery. Amen. But we have to be interested. Why did you see um, farmers whose crops were overgrown with weeds? They didn't care. They weren't interested. We don't ever want to be in the place where things are happening in our life because we weren't interested enough to guard the garden of our heart, the garden of our spirit. Amen. Amen. 
I remember my husband at one time, he, he, so, he, he grew up in the city, but at, at, at heart, my, my husband was a rancher and a cowboy. He wanted to be a farmer, a rancher, a cowboy. <laughs> and so he, had to, he got to enjoy some of that a little bit, especially when he got to go down and be with my dad. And so my dad was always driving to look at his crops. My dad's farms were scattered throughout a couple, well, in, in different locations in the county. They weren't just at one location. So daddy would go check on those crops several times throughout the day. And so my husband loved to get in the pickup and then go up and down and go look at those crops. And my husband said something to my dad one day. He said, Kenneth, isn't it wonderful? You just plant a seed and you get a harvest. And daddy said, well, that's partially true, but not completely true. He said, because how you tend to that seed determines what kind of harvest. He said, you can get a little bit of a harvest, but he said, if you want a full harvest, you better pay attention. He said, you better tend to everything that tries to come against your crop. He was saying this, a full harvest is not automatic. You have to tend to the crops. Make sure there's no weed of unforgiveness. Make sure there's no weed of offense. Make sure there's no weed of worry, no weed of fear growing in the soil of your, uh, in the soil of the word of the heart. Amen. And uh, make sure that it doesn't get in. Make sure it doesn't get in your thought life because the, as I said, the mind is the gateway to the spirit. And if it can get in your thought life, it'll start, it'll start affecting what your spirit can believe or what your spirit will believe because of wrong thinking. So I say this, whatever you're okay with, God will let you have. Don't be okay with a less than harvest. What is the harvest for the mind? A harvest of peace, a harvest of joy, all of these things that make life sweet is to have a sound mind. Amen. Amen. That's one of the things that we don't want to yield up to to troubling thoughts as a sound mind because it makes life sweet when we think right, when we have a peaceful mind. That's the mind God authored for us, a calm, well-balanced, disciplined, self-controlled mind. And I just want you to know it's a delightful work. It's a joyous work to discipline your thought life. It's not a hardship. You know what's a hardship is to have, have troubling thoughts in your, in your mind. That's what's a hardship. <laughs> it's not a hardship to keep it out. It's a joy to know what right thinking is and know that we're authorized and we have the authority to keep it out. Don't let any thought trouble your life. Don't let any fear trouble your life. When thoughts of fear come, you talk to it. You dig that weed out. You cast it down. You go after it like we went after it in that field. I mean, we dug the root of that thing out. We cast that thing down so that it could not come back. And that's what we're to do so that we can enjoy the sound mind that Jesus made ours. Well, we're so glad you joined us. And uh, we want you to get hold of a book I'm teaching out of, A Sound Disciplined Mind. You can get your copy. Go to our website at DufresneMinistries.org and you can get hold of yours. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Georgetown, Texas at Church on the Rock, September 4th through the 8th. Come expecting your miracle. 
For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. The timeless truths in this book, Answer It, reveal how to answer every opposition and the steps to take to exit times of testing. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.